It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the cinemas and on DVD. Get ready for Wait for it! Film Sociology with WFYI's Film Guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Yes. Let's find out how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. What do you plan to do after the All-Star game to get better? Buy you a new jacket. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter at Matthew Sosey. The show is available as a podcast. It's also available on iTunes. And we have a blog, which someday will be updated at filmsociology.tumblr.com. It is grown-up movie season, and I have a grown-up guest, but he has his own intro. However, however, it, uh, I, I have given Abdul Kim Shabazz, that's of course the founder of IndiePolitics.org, uh, he has an intro, if you're a longtime listener, you, uh, you're familiar with his intro. Ladies and gentlemen, I have actually expanded his intro. So uh, a, a pre-Merry Christmas gift, Abdul, from your friends here at Film Sociology. I'm speechless. For once. <laughs> All right, here's Abdul's updated intro. The blackest brother in the galaxy, Nubian God. What's a Nubian? Will someone shut that man up? Never! Never! Cynical. True. True. That's part of my fascination. I do hateful things for which people love me, and I do lovable things for which they hate me. I'm admired for my detestability. It is a newspaper's duty to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. (laughs) I don't like that fellow. Ladies and gentlemen, the E.K. Hornbeck of Indianapolis News. Complete with horns and everything. So. That's right. <laughs> Back off the microphone. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, yes, where else but here at Film Sociology and WFYI that Abdul Kim Shabazz's intro can include Chasing Amy, 1776, and not one but two versions of Hornbeck from Inherit the Wind. I'm just missing the song track from Sugar Hill now, and then we're good to go. Filmed in beautiful Houston, Texas. Yes, it was. <laughs> so just just so folks know, that the first clip, that's, of course, Gene Kelly, who did the uh, who did Hornbeck in the 1960 film, and then Bo Bridges in the 1995 made-for-TV film right. with uh, George C. Scott and Jack Lemmon. Also very, very solid. And I was going through, because uh, full disclosure, Abdul played Hornbeck in Illinois, where, where, what playhouse? Um, it was the Springfield Theater Center, Springfield, Illinois. How, how far back was that? Oh, gosh. I want to say 2000, 2001. Okay. So uh, you, you joined the likes, of course, as uh, we mentioned Gene Kelly, Bo Bridges, the original Broadway production, Tony Randall. Wow. Tony Randall, along with, uh, it was Paul Mooney and Ed Bagley Sr. Yeah. So that was Broadway. Then there was a 1965 TV film version, because they filmed plays back in the 60s, with um, Melvin Douglas was uh, Drummond, 
Ed, Bla- Ed Bagley revived his role as uh, as Colonel Brady, and T and that guy Murray Hamilton, Murray Hamilton played Mister Robinson among others. Yeah, you look up and you like, yeah. you're like that guy. And then there was a 1988 TV film version with Kirk Douglas as uh, as Brady, yeah. Jason Robards, well, right, Jason Drummond, Robard. Darren McGavin. Wow. Playing Hornby. That's right. The Night Stalker, the old man. There you go. So, I'm in great company, just you, like right now. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Very funny there. So anyway, there you go. Your your updated intro, even longer for now. All righty. All right. It is it is grown up movie season and uh and, and I, I occasionally get these calls from Abdul going, you know, what's the good stuff out there? Or or I will text you after I got out of something that was really bad and horrible and say, give me a blanken break. There you Except go. Except I don't use the term blanken. No, he does not. But we will do that here. We will do that here. But I want to say the last movie I, I texted you was Doctor Strange. You enjoyed it? I think, yeah. It was it was really cool. It was actually nice that my wife could actually see it and I didn't have to explain anything because it was pretty much self-contained. It was a one of, in, yeah, it was a Marvel film in and of itself. So has she seen the other Marvel films, or she's all right? Yeah, she loves the she loves the Marvel films. Mm. Can't stand my comic books, but she loves the Marvel films because you have them sprawled all over the house. Well, wait, she goes by my office later this week. Sitcom husband over here, pretty much. <laughs> all right, so you know what? Um, let's let's play a small clip from uh from the film I really want to talk about, and then uh, and then we'll talk about the other films that are opening this weekend. Two options. You either follow my rules or follow my rules. Capiche? Thank you. I can do it a different way. No, that's, that's fine. Thank you very much. I just heard you play, and I want to... It's pretty strange that we keep running into each other. Maybe it means something. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think so. You could just write your own rules, you know? Write something that's as interesting as you are. What are you going to do? I have my own club. Is that going to happen every time? I think so. to be a revolutionary if you're such a traditionalist you're holding on to the past but jazz is about the future maybe i'm not good enough yes you are maybe i'm not it's like a pipe dream this is the dream it's conflict and it's compromise it's very very exciting
worry. We'll get to Star Wars Rogue One a little bit. I... But you know what? When I heard that, all I could think of, this is going to sound really, really bad. You're going to walk over here and almost want to punch me in the in the, in the kisser. Yeah, you haven't seen the pre- other present I've gotten for you, so go on. And when I listen to the, the theme music from La La Land, all I could think of are the dolphins in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and thanks for the fish. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> I'd I'd still rather see that than some of the films that it, no um, no but no just the just the theme music at the the you know the bump music bump at the end it's like wait well, there's like some dolphins in here you know not Ryan Gosling the, let's never forget ladies and gentlemen if Abdul had his own way he would have his own one man cabaret well actually your your life is a one man cabaret, cabaret old chum but but this time with a with a with a stage and an audience and a piano player but, and a, but no Alan Cumming so well <laughs> that's that's anyway play Mephisto but <laughs> nice F I S T O Oh, uh, moving on. Uh, yes, La La Land is a is a well. It seems like at least once a year there is a there is a big budget movie musical, and this year this is the one. It stars Ryan Gosling and and uh, Emma Stone, and uh, she is an inspiring actress. You know, trying to work her way up. He is a hard edge, hard headed jazz musician who wants to open a club. She, of course, wants to be an, a working actress, and they fall in love, and they have their own dreams and aspirations, and sometimes their dreams and aspirations get in the way with one another. And uh, and it's all set to music, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, well, it, and, uh, and by the way, first off, original music, so kudos to that. Not based on a Broadway musical, not, not a jukebox musical, like, you know, School of Rock, Mamma Mia, those films. And it's not a musical that has like a big workout scene at the end where he's pulling logs up a mountain and punching the meat locker. And <laughs> Well, yeah, actually, my direct, so funny you mentioned, because my direct, the guy who directed me in uh, Much Ado About Nothing and Titus Andronicus, Josh, hello, his birthday double feature when he was in New York was a double bill of mu- the musicals of the Bridges of Madison County and Rocky. Ooh. And so you mentioned it. He's like, the, the rotating boxing ring was great. He couldn't remember a, th- a thing about the rest <laughs> of the play. So anyway, uh, but yeah, it, so it is th- those two kids in love. Um, of course, Emma Stone and Ryan, this is their third film together. They worked really well in Crazy Stupid Love, and they were also in Gangster Squad. So they have really nice chemistry together. The other part of this is, yes, ladies and gentlemen, they do actually sing and dance. There are no extreme close-ups. I'm looking at you. <laughs> Sorry, Sir Richard Attenborough and the and your film version of Chorus Line or John Huston and Annie. Um, you see them really hurt. The first one or the second Annie? Oh, now wait a minute. Were we really going to get into this? The John Huston film version with Albert Finney and Carol Burnett. Okay, I'm thinking the other Annie. The African-American Annie? Yeah. Not bad. Not great. But the little girl is great, Quasi Wallace. And um, she was the best part about it. Yeah, by the way, you realize there are no black people named Annie. But they had to shorten it. Oh, 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 here, I got this. Uh, don't worry, folks, I'll ask him. Abdul, what would the play have been called? I don't know, like Anquinetta or something like that. Send all hate <laughs> mail and complaints to Abdul Abdul at, in, Abdul at org. There you go. Anyway, no, it's... two Gs in it, not one. But this is a public radio. Wow, crowd, we're not so we're good. not going to do any more jokes about two G's. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, no, this. So you actually see them singing and dancing. They sing and dance well. They're not the greatest singers in the world, but I think a part of that is it brings those characters a little more down to earth. They don't. Not everybody sounds like Marty Nixon. Not you. Not me. Um, they just don't. So, but do they do a better job or as good a job as? Uh, oh gosh, darn it. Uh, Man, I'm having total cinema senior moment Which here. Which is great for Moulin Rouge. Uh, with uh, Ewan McGregor? Yeah, Ewan McGregor. Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman, yeah. Um, 
I think they're a little better than that. Okay. Because um, I thought they did actually. And I loved, well. I loved, I loved Moulin Rouge. No, my my uh, my low bar. Um, any of the men in Mamma Mia. I love Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. I do. Love this James Bond and but I can, Steel. But I could sing better than Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> and, and I even said that at my Spamalot audition. But no, but, and, and by the way, you don't turn that job down. If, you're, if Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, you find out from your agent, you get to shoot a movie with Meryl Streep and Colin Firth and a bunch of other great, great actors, and it's in the south of Greece, you take that. Oh, by the way, you, you got to sing. And by the way, it's your soundtrack from your teenage years. <laughs> Was it for him? I say probably. He was not a teenager in the seventies. We saw him in the long, the the long. Uh, anyway, that's longest another. mile. <laughs> no, no, no. The long, uh, the long Good Friday, mm. the mob film. Anyway, um, so no, no, they're way better than they're way better than the men of Mamma Mia. I and I again, I like Moulin Rouge. Um, I think Gosling has almost a Chet Baker esque muted downplayed set, which is a nice balance because he is verbally the more aggressive one. There, There is a fun sequence about him wanting to bring back traditional jazz, and he winds up going on the road with a one of the up-and-coming, well, not really up-and-coming, he's an established artist who mixes jazz with funk and soul, and he's played in the film by, of all people, John Legend. And that <laughs> fits. It really does fit. And that little boy later grew on to write such soundtracks as Truck Turner and Sugar Hill. Now, I've, we will get to and those rage up in Harlem. <laughs> Wait, you mean Hell Up in Harlem? Well, no, this was Rage Up in Harlem. Oh no, that's right the the one with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Yes, I've been I've been and the, Robin I've made the mistake of watching the one network recently, and it was just a <laughs> string. Oh, of... PBS. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when did we show that? No, yeah, more like CPBS is what it was. Is is this the offshoot channel? This radio, the radio, radio one that owns all the urban. State. Yeah, they have a so cable it's... network. It's kind of like what BET used to be. If BET actually showed films as opposed to. You know, whatever BET Welcome does to now. Front Stoop Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but no, they just had these string of bad at black exploitation films. Oh, we love those here. Yes, we do. And, but, but you one and my them, dad. Yeah, but yes, I, I'm still waiting for that evening. But I know, what, Rage from Harlem, that was late 80s. I do remember that yeah. one. Uh, no, th- so anyway, um, but yeah, John Legend shows up as a guy who mixes soul and funk with his jazz, and, and it's a job for Ryan Gosling. So there, there's also little moments, uh, because of the tension, um, I know Umbrellas of Cherbourg is mentioned as an influence, as is, I think, for me, um, any version of A Star is Born, yes, even the 70s version, <laughs> you know, because the time, sorry. the timing, well, for the male and the, and the female in this, the fact that their careers aren't arcing at the same time, like life. Um, there's elements of that. There's elements of New York, New York, the Martin Scorsese musical that he did, God, almost 40 years ago with Liza Minnelli and Robert De Niro. Not as dark as that film, but there is some tension to it. But there's also, as I was saying earlier, um, they sing and dance, and you see the dancing. It is full body shots. You you know you see these guys hoofing it. It also helps that the film is written and directed by the gentleman who gave us Whiplash. Huh. So yes, as you heard in the trailer, there is a J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, not, yeah. not Rollins. I would like to see J.K. Simmons. <laughs> now J.K. Simmons reading Harry Potter or doing that would be great. <laughs> He'd be, he'd be throwing chairs at, at Perry. Take the wand and beat That's right. So, no, there is a cameo in that. And by the way, you should never, ever forget, J.K. Simmons was a song and dance guy first. Yes, he was. Kind of like Jerry Orbach. So let's never, never forget that. But uh, I'll try no, to remember that day in September. Nice. Very good. <laughs> but, no, I really, really enjoyed La La Land. And without giving away too much, there is a, there is a nice twist near the end of of what, for many – 
what the ending of a musical should be like and then what it tur- and then what it turns out to actually be like. So, and I think it'll satisfy both. It might infuriate some people, but as we learned earlier, you uh, inflict the comforted and comfort <laughs> well, the afflicted. So, no, this, this is a film that is easily in my top ten, and I really hope people go see it. And if you get a chance, obviously, see it on the big screen. See it with a crowd. Huh. Um, you know, and this is one of those... I get to see films at home a lot. I get a lot of screeners. We get a lot of private screenings with the press, with the uh, fellow members of the IFJA. Sometimes Abdul's there, and and the, the, with the unemployed, he is employed. The other people are or not. not. Um, but anyway, but but seeing it in a in a full house with a big crowd, uh, definitely definitely go see that. Now, is it IMAX worthy, or is it just? I wish this was at IMAX, but I believe Star Wars, Wars Rogue, Rogue One, One is... Rogue One Star Wars is taking <laughs> the time. The so you have to talk to Craig Mintz about that one. <laughs> uh, but no, I think, and, and you're a musical guy. You know, we all know this, but uh, I, I think you, I think you and Mr. Shabazz would like this. I was going to hear Ryan Gosling just do Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. <laughs> no. no. Okay, we were saying earlier. I, I don't. <laughs> We, we were talking off air. All right. Welcome to Sidetrack Radio. This is what happens with Abdul. We were talking earlier because the film version of Fences is uh, is opening, I believe, next week. Denzel Washington is directing, producing, and starring in this film version of the great late, great August Wilson play. Wilson did the screenplay. And I was explaining to my daughter and my partner, H.W., the importance of August Wilson as a playwright. Um, apparently, Denzel's going to produce all ten Wilson plays in the film, and I really hope he does. Uh, but with August Wilson plays, you know what we have learned is African American actors, black actors from all over the world, they can do Shakespeare, they can do the classics, they can do uh, their versions of plays like On Golden Pond and You Can't Take It With You and The Gin Game and and uh, Death of a Salesman. All of those had been done by James Earl Jones at one time or another. But you're not going to be doing a Joe Turner's come and go. Well, (laughs) there there will be no white version of August Wilson plays. Not now, not ever. Maybe as an SNL joke, but it is truly an untouchable market for theater. So that that being said, to your original thing, Ryan Gosling is not going to join the Four Tops no, and do not. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. But actually, um, I want to say uh, in the Netflix series Luke Cage, he, he's reading August Wilson novels. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there you go. Anyway, so look forward look forward to Fences. Uh, but I but I know you're a musical guy, so I know I think you and the lovely Mr. Shabazz will enjoy this evening. Okay, but obviously I've always been more of a Gilbert and Sullivan kind of music. I understand that, but I think we, you know, and, and just like they talk about here, um, you know, we, we you have to sometimes move the, the genre forward, and sometimes we look too far into the past. And, of course, that's good, the plight of Gosling's character. So, yes, you can have Rodgers and Hammerstein and Rodgers and Hart and Gilbert and Sullivan, <laughs> and not just Antone Gilbert and, <laughs> and Jack Sullivan, but uh, but anyway. but no, it's Jack A. Sullivan. Thank you. S- in, it was Abdul at <laughs> IndiePolitics.org. That's so anyway. Yeah, um, definitely go see La La Land. Now, ladies and gentlemen, also opening in theaters all over, and it is on the IMAX screen. But, yes, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, um, or somebody called it the most expensive piece of fan fiction ever filmed. <laughs> at least they called it fan fiction. Well, I mean, so. Okay, now, I have not seen it yet. Uh, okay. It is on my list of movies to go see. Of course see. it is. Uh, it opens is, up this weekend as we were. 
Is is the lovely Mrs. Shabazz interested at all? Yes, she is. And okay. my wife pleasantly surprised me that she actually liked Star Wars. So you mean as a whole or the last one? No, or? just as a whole. Okay. Because um, when did uh, Revenge of the Sith come out? Oh, God, too long ago. Yeah, because, no, because not I don't, long enough. You see, because I don't think we were dating at the time when the when the prequels came out. Okay, and so we never had a chance to really go see any of them together. But when Force Awakens came out, I was like, "Okay, honey, I'm about to go see Force Awakens. Like, I want to go with you." Like, huh? What? Like, really? Okay. Okay. Now, did she binge watch to, to prepare? No. No, she just went in. Just went in. Okay. Yeah, just because, you know, TBS, Star Wars is on like every Sunday. <laughs> so so, so when John Boyoga came on, you're like, this is a precedent. Yeah. <laughs> He's the first. first yeah, uh, pretty much. And so I'm. So, so she's going to be really disappointed with the first three. Well, the first six. Well, the first one. Uh, okay. Nobody should have to sit through. Anyway. Against the Geneva Eighth Amendment, cruel, unusual punishment. <laughs> No, so I'm looking forward to uh, actually seeing Rogue One. Uh, I, I will take the lovely Mrs. Shabazz with me. I will just have to remind her is that, hey, this is after the one where he becomes Darth Vader, but before the one where they go to the desert planet. Correct, correct. So this is, yeah, as he said, it's that's where it is on the timeline. You do not, so long story long, you don't have to binge watch the the series before going to this one. Um, it, it is in and of itself. There are a couple of characters from the past that pop up. Yes, there is a Darth Vader cameo. There is, uh, well, the very last moment I really don't want to give away. And then there's a there's a cameo by an actor who I didn't think I would ever see in a film again. And, <laughs> and we'll get to that. For good reason. <laughs> For good reason. Dead. But we'll get to that in a second. But, but um, this but, time. But I will say yeah. this. Granted, you don't have to watch the previous three movies but it does kind of help if you watch the second half of attack of the clones and then kind of the final scene in revenge of the Sith. and who's going to do that besides you well it, it helps right. you're gonna go to the videos well there are no video stores and rent half a movie yeah or just when it's on tbs you know eight million different times a day but you see i thought a christmas story was on 24 7 uh, at this point see that leg and lamp thing one more time i <laughs> Don't people, don't folks in Gary already do that with real legs? <laughs> exactly, and real lamps. <laughs> I mean, if okay, maybe Revenge of the Sith okay. at the, the the closing scene with Vader and the Emperor and then, watching the Death Star being constructed. So there you go. Abdul says, go see this half and that half, yeah. and then go see this film. So we have uh, the daughter of a, of a, basically an architect. It's uh, played by Felicity Jones. Her dad is uh, Mads Mikkelsen, for you fans of Hannibal, the TV series. Um, and then we see her grown up, and she has become a rebel, and she's kind of thwarted into a group of, uh, of a land of misfit rebels who are all together to join for the United for the same united front, the People's Front of Judea. Yeah. No, the, the popular front. No, the Romans, <laughs> right. So, and as we were we were joking off air earlier, ladies and gentlemen, it, this time around, we it is the United Colors of Benetton. It is not English and American actors like they were 40 years ago. You have Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Donnie Yen, Wen Jiang, uh, Forrest Whitaker shows up. Because um, guess what? The galaxy is full of different types of people and creatures. Crazy. And, of course, if they look anything like... Um, Garb from another part of the country, part of the world. Some folks get upset. Yeah, I know, even though we don't know who those. Though there are more people who look like that than people who look like that. Meaning people who look like you. Yeah. Okay. So, by the way, have not really, not really a spoiler. Forrest doesn't last long. And here's another spoiler. 
the and the there's already there's already the sequel's already been made. Right. So <laughs> if you really do some research, you can find out. But you know what? Which, by the way, have, have you seen the Facebook meme that's been running around? Which which one? Uh, for Rogue One, like the sequels are here's a poster for the sequel. <laughs> it's the Star Wars 1977. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on here. Um, but yes, so as Bad as memories old friends? as no, not at all. <laughs> as as Abdul said, yes, there are there are many people of many colors in the galaxy far far away. Guess what? Moviegoers too. Yep. So <laughs> if you want your film to be seen in Asia, Europe, if you want to if you want to make a lot of green, you got to have a lot of black, a lot of brown, <laughs> a lot of <laughs> yellow, a lot of red, and a little bit of white on top. <laughs> See, there you go. So that's uh, so anyway. They're all out there, really good actors. Not doing a whole heck of a lot because it's and yes, I know it's not it's not the Dirty Dozen or Ocean's Eleven, although it is a it is almost a World War Two slash Dirty Dozen Magnificent Seven kind of saga of everybody getting together. Every person gets a moment in the sun, not nearly enough for my personal taste. Um, but then we get to the second half of the film where it's a lot of uh, I, bl- I believe it's I think you spell it P E W. Pew pew pew. And no, but one thing that I did I did keep hearing about the movies was. A lot of people talk about you know, character development, and the characters seem very one-dimensional. And I think it's because it's a start. And, and, and when you are making a series of those, then you, know, you have a second film, a third film, where you can develop that a little bit more. But, I, but for, for instance, um, you know, in the very first Star Wars film, you have Han, you have Luke, you have Leia. And and we see a little bit of a relationship, and it, it evolves obviously more in the second and more in the third. But that's three characters as opposed to twelve. The, yeah, <laughs> and I mean, okay, slightly less than yeah. that in this film, but you kind of get the idea. Um, yeah, because the, uh, to remind people, you know, if you spend all day doing character development, there's no time to blow up stuff. Right, but but I would also say, um, you know, because this film is about, I think if I'm right, it's about maybe two fifteen. Um, if, if, you know, if, uh, no, I'm, yeah, about two hours and 15 minutes. I think even if you, if you, if it's well paced and, and enough slam bang stuff, especially on the other half, on the second half, me personally, I wouldn't mind another 15, 20 minutes with these folks, but that's just me. And I'm sure there are deleted scenes and there'll be an Uber, an, a super Uber, there's always, a, there's version. always a director's cut, right? There's always a director's and cut. You know, even on the Star Trek, the motion picture, there's 10, 20 minutes of extra enterprise footage on the DVD. Right. So, so anyway, that that's out there. Second half of the film is for the most part, the, the action scenes are fine. I mean, it's, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing monumental. Um, I do want to give a shout out because, uh, we love that guy. And there's the two of my favorite highlights of the film. You have Ben Mendelsohn, the Australian that guy who plays uh, Orson Krennic, or as I said, the Death Star version of middle management. <laughs> this is a guy who has to deal with Vader. And also, as I was saying earlier, there's a character who I didn't think I would see in another film. It's Peter Cushing. And it's a it's a C his 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 general character from the very first Star Wars film, and they got the they got the permission and uh, the go ahead by the Cushing family to use his image, so it, they kind of CG'd Cushing's face onto a body, and it for me it's a little unsettling. It kind of has that Robert Zemeckis animated film Dead Eye look, and I generally Philip Hoffman Seymour and the latter. No, I would you know if you think of uh, Beowulf or. Christmas Carol, the animated Christmas Carol, or Polar Express, 
usually the dead eyes in those films don't bother me. Yeah. It kind of does here, especially because I know Cushing's been dead a long time. <laughs> a long time. So, uh, but that's a little distracting. But that's, I mean, that's a minor quibble, and it's maybe two scenes. So if that's my biggest complaint, besides, you know, you Professor have- Professor Van Helsing? Yeah, you, you have you have some Ferraris. <laughs> you can run them a little bit more in the next film. And, and as I said, there is, and I'm not giving away anything, but- there is a a major character from the past who pops up at the end, and it's also distracting, but I know why they did it. Mm. Let's put it that way. Well, if it makes you feel better, uh, Peter Cushing's character doesn't make it past the sequel. So, so we're, we're done with this. <laughs> we're done with it. I mean, this has been done before. I think of you know Oliver Reed at the end of Gladiator and, uh, well, uh, Fred Astaire yeah. dancing with a lo- with a uh, vacuum cleaner. It's not quite that awful, <laughs> but anyway, um, it's good. I don't think it's great. It's uh, it's directed by um, Gareth Edwards, who if, if we will hopefully remember his name because the last film he did was the grown up version of Godzilla. Oh. Speaking of character development, because you had Brian Cranston, Cranston. Juliette Binoche, Ken Watanabe. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. You had real actors, and you you were able. And by the way, what six minutes of Godzilla footage? Still pretty damn good. And two minutes, and two monsters, and two monsters. <laughs> so I would say it can be done if you have a really tight, solid first half. And and it, it's not quite there for me, but I liked it. Didn't love it. I know there's going to be more people out there that's going to love it more than me. And it's to make it's going to make a gajillion dollars. You see, weekend. here's how I determine whether the film is good or not good. You do the opposite of what I say. Well, that too. <laughs> Matinee or full price? I would say full price if you go to. I would say um, go to the IMAX. Okay. Downtown. I, well, you're going to be downtown, so downtown's expensive anyway. Downtown parking. They have cocktails. Well, they have beer there. Um, yeah, do it. Do it there. Make okay. it a full evening. Make it go for the full forty-five. The full forty-five. So anyway, that is out there as well. I just Uber from here. <laughs> You you do that as well. Enjoy opening. So all right. Um, so those are the big films that are opening, and and there's more to come. Now a couple notes at the and this again. This all depends on when you are listening to the show because it's on three times: Saturday, right. Sunday, and Monday, at the historic Art Craft Theater in Franklin, Indiana, December sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Yep, it's uh, and I believe these are yeah two p.m. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. All shows are sold out. Really? Wow. Congratulations. Well, here's what you missed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to Nina Radios. But uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation on the big screen. Now, I that think... cat just had nine lives. He just spent all of them. Thank you for saying that line and none of the others from that scene. From That's that the film. only line from the movie I remember. That's really okay. Well, I know, I know recently the Art Craft Theater in Franklin showed It's a Wonderful Life, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you get a chance to see an old film on the big screen, do it. I mean, it's it's an old school night at the movies. Now, of course, my joke was with It's a Wonderful Life, I hope the popcorn prices are back to the way <laughs> they were in 1946. With Christmas Vacation at the Art Craft, I hope the plumbing works. So, you know, fingers crossed there. Okay. Um, By the way, speaking of old films that yes? I actually would probably like to see on the big screen just to see what it would be like. And, it, and I thought of you as I was watching this this past week. Yes. Joan of Arc. Which one? 1926. Ooh, the um, silent version? The silent version. Wow. Silent acting. It's big. Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. See? Don't notice me. I was just Turner Classic Movies. I was just flipping the thing, and it was on. I was like, you know what? Sosie would be so proud of me. Uh, you, you watched all of it? Watched all of it. 
twice. S- silent movie acting, bugging eyes. It's not just for black no, actors no, anymore. No, no, exactly. And, and, that, and that's what it reminded me. Like, no, there really are a lot of facial expressions in this stuff. Because they can't speak. They can't really speak. And, and then there's that big transition from you know, a lot of people's careers had do- went downhill when they started start talking. talking. So, yep. uh, Hello, singing in the rain. <laughs> Plot point. Okay, so uh, over at IU Cinema, heading down, of course, they're on, they're on Christmas break. But mark your calendars. Take, what, 135 over from Franklin to Bloomington? Very good. Um, Thursday, January 5th, Friday, January 6th at 7 o'clock, both nights. And this is a film that's probably going to make my top 10, if not my top 5, the drama Moonlight. That's from earlier this year. That's in theaters here. Sunday. I must have missed that one. Uh, this is the one with the uh, young African-American boy growing up in uh, dilapidated Miami dealing with his sexuality. Yeah, I missed that one. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, Sunday, January the 8th. Elvis's birthday. Uh, clam bake? No, no, <laughs> no, no. They're actually showing two good ones from 1964 at 3 o'clock, Viva Las Vegas. With him and Anne Margaret, that's pretty good. Okay. It's one of the few films that uh, Elvis had a co-star that could dance and sing toe to toe with him. Thanks, Colonel Parker, for your uh, <laughs> lack of faith. No kissing cousins. Oh gosh, that's also bad. Um, Emma, for a while, Emma's favorite movie of Elvis was Clambake because he did a song with children, mm. and I kind of went, "Honey, those are the ones he really hated." Yeah. And then it, at, at six thirty p.m., the nineteen seventy documentary Elvis. That's the way it is which is about his big Vegas comeback, 1969. And I remember showing it to Emma back when she was really into Hannah Montana because this is a film that the first half of the documentary is him rehearsing with the band. So they're working on songs. You, it's, you know, We're used to seeing just, we go to a concert yeah. and we see them on stage, and that's the second half. Second half of the film, a lot of fun. It's, it's him in the, in the jumpsuits and the pills hadn't really kicked in and the energy is there and it's a lot of fun. But that first half is the rehearsal process and that's what's, that's what's done. So, so we'll we hear Elvis saying glory, glory, hallelujah. No, um... <laughs> He didn't incorporate the American trilogy until later into the the early seventies. Okay, but um, and so, you know why I asked that question? Yeah, because of Kick Ass. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. Um, okay, Monday, January 9th, Tampopo from nineteen eighty five, um, which is also on Monday the 9th, Thursday the twelfth, Fire at Sea on January the thirteenth, and then a double feature on January the fourteenth, Phantom Boy from last year at three o'clock, and Martin Scorsese's Kundun. At 7 o'clock. Uh, yep. Scorsese doing a film about the Dalai Lama. Okay. There you go. Sounds like something to eat. There. Moving on. <laughs> By the way, Abdul Kishabaz is here. How are things over at IndiePolitics.org? Actually, things are very good. You're, you're uh, now, you get to rest a little bit? 2011. Actually, we just finished our fifth year Congratulations. since the, the days left the old place up north and Start indie politics. So you, More than you, a million page views. You've you've survived the election. Yes. We're waiting in the the transition. transition. We're not dealing with uh oh I guess it's now I guess because of who's getting elected, it's now the war on happy holidays. Well, actually it's, it's what it, somebody asked me what I thought about the incoming president's transition team or transition and his appointment. All the memes like about head of education and it's umbrage from Harry Potter. Yeah. I was like, look at it like this. The, Are you in charge of white studies? Right. The president is the president elect has made it very clear that he sees things in people that maybe a lot of us don't necessarily. So I eventually look forward to having the president's vision. If you could see him through my, my eyes. eyes. Yeah. 
That's how I sort of explain that. Okay, that's very diplomatic. Now, now there are a couple. Actually, there's one person on there that he did pick from Indiana that was actually uh, a really good pick. Her name is Seema Varma. She is going to take over. She's the nominee for this agency called uh, the Central uh, Center for Medicaid and Medicaid Services. And they're the people who approved HIP 2.0. And Seema, I've known her for years. She is really sharp, really smart, really on it. So okay. I was like, no, you get more picks like that. We're in a good place. Okay. And how are things looking statewide? Uh, actually, very good statewide. I actually had a conversation with the incoming governor earlier this week. Talked about his transition, the uh, cabinet team he's putting together. And a lot of people think his transition has been really slow. But it's like but he said, Abdul, people forget. I was lieutenant governor. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just walking in here and not knowing who is, who's doing what. You mean he's actually going to attend meetings? Yeah. Oh, well, actually, here's the funny thing. Somebody asked him, why are you taking so long with your transition? His response was, because I can. <laughs> I'm the president. I can do okay, whatever I want. I'm going to roll and roll. By the way, when in doubt, we also, we also break in the <laughs> film lines from Nixon, <laughs> so the ones we can use. Um, okay. Um, oh, by the way, is, is Mrs. Shabazz going to drag you to Collateral Beauty? I hope the not. Will Smith is sad film. I'm sorry. I like Will Smith with his like science fiction involved. Really? But serious Will Smith and eight, uh, okay. eight degrees of separation. Serious Will Smith. Will Smith. That's not pursuit of happiness. I will defend pursuit of happiness. But yeah, seven pounds and eight and, ounces and concussion mm. and this. Okay, I, I take that back. I did like him in Ali. Yeah, he was good. Now he was good. Thought, he was really good. Actually, I thought that was like an Academy Award. I've I've heard some of my fellow IFJA members uh, really took Collateral Beauty to task, and you, this is a film that has Helen Mirren, Kate Winslet, uh, Edward Norton, Michael Pena, Naomi Harris. Hello, Money Penny. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm a little afraid. Yeah, I'm like, give me fight some space aliens. <laughs> okay, welcome to Earth. Or take or take the car off the freeway. I'm sorry. I liked the first half of Hancock. I thought it was really good. First half. The second half, I was like, I can't watch this you, anymore. What did you? Yeah, what were you doing? Yeah, the first half, I really loved it. Okay. And then so, the very end, when the guy well, says, I, who are you, Wolverine? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I, well, I, uh, it looks, I think she might be dragging you into that one. So, all right. Um, some titles on DVD and Blu-ray in case it gets really cold. And by the way, it's the Midwest in December. This really shouldn't be a shocker or surprise anybody. anybody. Um, so I will hit. I will throw out titles and we'll Tarzan. see. Tarzan. Yes. We'll see how re- <laughs> we'll see how Abdul reacts. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Actually, I just bought that off of Amazon.com. Is this the extended, yes. unrated version? Yes. Which is still it's still just has the same t- amount of time for Joker. Not really caring. Um, okay. I thought Suicide Squad was okay. It was okay. It was a PG-13 Dirty Dozen. It should have been an R-rated film. Yeah. But, you know, Warner Brothers has been hurting lately. So and I understand they that there were reshoots and re-edits, and that's really a shame. So, yeah, I would love to get a report on the full I, version. I thought, it could have, I thought it could have been better because it seemed like, Hey, we just got to make a movie of these superhero, these super villains getting together. Nope, a little more than that. Yeah, I, I and I know after I know after their Batman versus Superman, they were scrambling and sweating. So you see, I watched Batman versus Superman again, the full length, not the full length, just again on like HBO. Yeah, just to see like okay, and I and I said it was about as uninspiring as Captain America Civil War. It was as mediocre as Captain America Civil War was good. Okay. Yeah, I now that well the the IFJA have a meeting on Saturday and I I thought maybe after vacation I would actually try to sit down and watch the extended versions 
of Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, but I'm not there yet. But but I think we all agree. Margot Robbie's probably the best thing about it is Harley Quinn. Um Oh God, I'm ser- I'm I'm terrible. The Fire Guy is really cool. Yeah. Viola Davis, not enough Viola Davis. And actually I wish there was a scene where Viola Davis was smacking Jared Leto because we heard the stories of well, yes. There's only really five minutes I, of I the Joker. I just want to see Viola Davis versus Amanda. Uh, uh, gosh darn it, uh, Angela Bassett. Now that would be cool because she played the same character in the really bad Green Lantern film. Oh yeah, there there is that. But uh, but no, there, the, the stories of course with Jared Leto would stay in character. By the way, if you're an actor, not you're not fun to hang out with. No. And then sending gifts to some of his co-stars, except for Viola Davis, who said, my husband played football for such and such, and he would do something about it. I also think she would do something, something about, about that. <laughs> like, no, honey, I got this. Yeah. So <laughs> You're going to need some help when I'm done with right. you. Right. <laughs> don't, don't trifle with Ms. Davis. So let's just don't, all right? If we've learned anything, just don't. So anyway, uh, yes. Well, I just had a major flashback because i was 10 years old <laughs> don't travel with miss davis <laughs> don't you just don't you because i would also get hit yeah that's because you're with him yes <laughs> but uh but yeah the, and uh oh gosh i'm terrible uh, diablo i really like yeah. diablo will smith doesn't do a whole heck of a lot in this and anyway it, it could have been a lot grittier and a lot more grown up and uh, i probably would have enjoyed it more it was like we're, hit, we're, we're hit, okay we need to make a film to make up for batman versus superman okay here's the film so anyway, that that is out there. Um, hey, it's a film directed by Tim Burton, but doesn't have Johnny Depp and Mrs. Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. <laughs> Sam Jackson's in it. Um, that's all right. Yeah. All right. Um, and there was a remake of Ben-Hur that was apparently more biblical and not written by Gore Vidal. So that's out there. Bridget Jones's baby. I mean, there, I mean there's something about chariot races. You know, I get I think, it. I think William Wyler kind of mastered that with the original Ben Hur in the fifties. Yeah. So, and now you know why? Because I think they were actual chariots back then. Now you have people on green boxes whipping. And whipping by the, the way, and I've, I've seen this before. It was called Gladiator in two thousand. Yeah, and there was CG there too. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, they're they're trying. Yeah. Abdul. And by the do way, you folks, like movies about gladiators. <laughs> And by the way, folks, by the way, these DVDs also make for great coasters. So. Or skeet shooting. <laughs> uh, Bridget Jones's Baby, which my daughter wants to see. Is that a see. sequel? Yeah. Why? Uh, because Renee Zellweger needs work. And my daughter wants to see it because she likes Patrick Dempsey. It's like watching Fuller House on Netflix. Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, okay, here's here's a couple for you. Um, this is one that all the associates enjoyed, and, and, and it does have a, a, an actress we admire a great deal. Meryl Streep's latest, Florence Foster Jenkins, based on the true story of, a, of an English aristocrat who could not sing. Hmm. And nobody I've had actually, the heart to tell nobody her. Nobody had the heart to tell her. I've actually heard very good things about it that. Is. It is on my list. There's also a French film that was done, same storyline, uh, set in uh, the 1910s in France, but... Meryl Streep is really good. You have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, it, it it takes a lot to sing in a film. It's also just as difficult to sing badly. badly. You know, so I'm and I'm hoping the DVD has extras about and I know Meryl was, I think, interviewed for Fresh Air about how do you do that? Because yeah. there are certain notes that have to be absolutely wrong, wrong. And there have to be some notes that are absolutely right. And there's a there's an in-between. You're just not getting up there and 
you know, half-assing it. It's not, it's, you know what, it's not the reality talent shows. No, it's, it's actual work. Yeah, so she's working to sound like what is actually happening in the talent shows these Of course, days. I have to wonder if she watched that few minutes of Citizen Kane to really get the... <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, but yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah. she's really good in it with Hugh Grant and Simon Hedberg, Helberg, for you fans of Big Bang Theory. He's fun as the accompaniment. But it does say something about celebrity and what is famous and what isn't, because the Hugh Grant character, her husband, you know, did, did everything as far as either not inviting certain members of the press or buying up newspapers around his hotel, around the house so she wouldn't see mm. them. And this, you know, this is, and, and there was people that were going because it was so bad it was yeah. fun and there were others that they were just supportive and and then there's a big climax at a big concert hall and it's for the troops so it it, it does talk about what is celebrity what is famous what is good what is bad and I think that kind of like the 2016 presidential campaign. You said it, not me. So anyway, that's out there on video. And then, uh, and I was I was ribbing Abdul either as well on this one. Mrs. Shabazz might want to see this, but it's a film called South Side with You. And it's now wait, it I, is it is a 75 minute film, a a dramatic interpretation of the first date between Barack and Michelle. Somebody should do a 75-minute film of my first date with my wife. See, you talked 90% of the time. That's not a good balance. Trust me. So anyway, but it's it's uh, it's them going out. Well, for, she, of course, claims it's not a date. He, of course, claims it is a date. He's a summer intern for the law firm. She is uh, an up-and-coming uh not junior partner, you know the terms, yeah. but but uh, what turns out to be first a meeting, then some conversations. It, it feels a lot like the uh, the before series, the Richard Linklater ones with Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke. Before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight, or when James Earl Jones <laughs> met Diane Carroll. It's not Claudine. <laughs> it's. N- no, it's not that, and I like Claudine. I mean, Barack Obama isn't hiding in the closet with a closet with a TV, with a child with a welfare office. Okay, <laughs> come by. Wow. By the way, Claudine, not a black exploitation film. I know it gets lumped in the soul cinema and played on the channel that you're talking about, but it's not a Fred Williams. No, that's actually film. A real. Mo- that's a, actually a real movie. Yeah, it's a grown-up film. So anyway, it's but it is it does show the dynamics and the early early stages of what these two characters would eventually become. Um, there is a scene where he winds up speaking at a church. Um, there is her confronting him on a few on a few certain issues. Um, two young unknown actors who work, and it's not it's not an SNL impression. It's not a Key and Peele impression. Um, they have the they have some of the mannerisms, but it's the early stages yeah. of the persona. This is 1989. It's not. It's not 2016 Barack and Michelle. So it's fascinating, and I really, really enjoyed it. But like I said, if I want to see a movie about some black folks on the south side of Chicago in 1989, I'll go get some home movies that my parents keep up in the attic. And I can't wait for the transcription of those. <laughs> and I wish I would direct it, but I would get in trouble for it. So. But here's a question. Did anybody have a Jerry Mullet? Um I believe they did because there's also a scene where they go see "Do the Right Thing" at the music box in in the, on the north side of Chicago. But yeah, there there's a couple scenes, especially at a church meeting, that uh, yeah, the hair wasn't the best yeah. back then. So, but, but it wasn't coming to America church scene. No, it wasn't that exaggerated, or or the uh, or the, or the, or the Jerry Curl scene in Hollywood Shuffle. So anyway, uh, a couple old titles on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, no, this. <laughs> it's a horror. Fi- it's a uh, see. No matter what I say, I mean, he's going to say it. So, all right. From the horror film from 1974, Black Christmas. Really? Ah, very good. See, I. <laughs> yes, this is the one. It's young, uh, young uh, Margot Kidder, 
and uh, Olivia Hussey, who's still doing stuff right after Romeo and Juliet. Um, John Saxon, directed by Bob Clark, who would later give us Porky's and uh, and a Christmas story. But this is a, a killer in a sorority house on Christmas Christmas Eve, and I believe this is the first film to incorporate the cliche, the call is coming from, from inside the house. Yeah. The house. <laughs> so, yeah, the original Black Christmas, it was remade a few years ago, but uh, if you need this on Blu-ray, so it's cleaned up in 70s, crystal clear Have sound. Have you checked the children? Right, so that is, that is out on Blu-ray. A couple of, uh, speaking of which, uh, there is a film from Abel Ferrara, the gentleman who gave us Bad Lieutenant and King of New York. It was one of his first films. It was it was sort of a satire on the horror genre, but it was also very bloody, called Driller Killer from the early 80s. Um, he would later, I think this would, he would follow this up with Ms. 45, which was uh, at that time labeled The Feminist Death Wish. So <laughs> anyway, that's out on Blu-ray in case you need that for so Crystal Clear. So she carried a pair of 45s to protect her 38s. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> A couple of titles that are out on Criterion. Um, if you're a big fan of John Huston like I am, his 1950 black and white crime noir, The Asphalt Jungle, starring Sterling Hayden and a very young Marilyn Monroe. So uh, it's not the neon, not the naked jungle where there's a million stories in the city, but it is a group of criminals getting a job together. And uh, also from 1972 on Criterion, Fellini's Roma, which is a story of uh, of a young boy in love with a city. Done in, um, done in a Fellini esque style with great exaggeration. So will there be a, somebody when the kids looking at the skyline? There'll be this old Italian guy in a chair waving his arms and rolling, rolling across the street. That might be Marcello Mastroianni, <laughs> or it might be Fellini himself. And there's a woman in a fountain, but she's huge. But anyway, that is a part of his kind of a it, exaggerated area, kind of like Amacord and Satyricon. Well, I just kind of figured if it was a John Huston film that you liked, it would have been you know Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Now he didn't direct that he just acted in it yeah he was a lawgiver right he was and then and of course he was uh noah cross in chinatown who daniel who daniel day lewis borrowed his voice from <laughs> to do there will be blood <laughs> see it bunk two bunk three. three it all comes back and by the way i'm finished <laughs> all right so anyway those are some titles out on uh dvd and blu-ray all right we got about oh about 10 minutes left in the show abdul Kim shabazz is hanging out with me of indiepolitics.org and other things. Television, he sh- radio, He shows newspaper. up on my show. I show up on his show. We and all show up together. Yeah, it's, it is. Uh, we like to build bridges here at uh, <laughs> at uh, public radio. So I guess going back a little bit. I, this I t- put the BS in PBS. And I got a BS from BSU. So <laughs> um, Curious. What was Christmas like at the Shabazz house? Actually, we are very good this year. Christmas. No, or, I, mean, or I, mean, I mean, for you as a kid. Let's start there. Then we'll get to... Well, we're raised Islamic, right. so we never had Christmas. So, so But you didn't have the you didn't come in at age five going, where's my presents? No, because see, we were lucky, because okay. my parents converted before we were all born. Ah, so, so you we never all, had that Yes, yeah, so we all grew up in it. Oh, so you didn't, ha- you didn't have the bad thing of, what do you mean you don't get presents this year? Right. No, okay. it was our friends whose oh. parents converted later, like at eight, nine years old, that they've got Christmas for seven years, and then one day... Christmas is gone, Ooh. and no real explanation. Just well, was. Yeah, we don't celebrate Christmas anymore. Really? <laughs> you mean you just basically took your son, who was eight years old, took Christmas away? No explanation? Now, just so you know, in 30 years, when he's at the top of the water tower shooting folks, this is why. <laughs> so they would come to you for consulting? Yes. 
it's 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 an old uh, stand-up comedian bit a buddy of mine used to do all the time. You know the you know got the father who's like the you know Black Panther Muslim militant Eldridge Cleaver guy. You know, he's got his kid on the white Santa Claus lap. So, little boy, what do you want for Christmas? Ask him for your freedom. <laughs> <laughs> like, where, where is this coming from? Now, now we did have now we did have, uh, another set of friends who, like I said, you know, the sixties and seventies they converted over. They kept Christmas, but they took the religious stuff out of it. They took the Jesus part oh, so, out. So this is where Happy Holidays comes in. Yes, Shh. exactly. And the and the green Starbucks coffee cup, and not the red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they would just they would steal the tree and they would do presents, but they wouldn't do all the Jesus, all the Jesus, Jesus stuff, stuff. In, in Christmas. Okay, yeah, which which then led to the question about whether Jesus was black and what he doing with his white well, man. Well, well then we saw Mi- well then we saw Michael Evans with the black Jesus yeah. portrait in the episode of Good Times <laughs> and the song Santa was a black man. Yeah, and eyes like fire because yeah. <laughs> it was Nat the Wino. <laughs> yeah, so so for the most part we never had Christmas going up, so we like I say you can't really miss what you never. Never had. That's a blues song I think I play on Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, with other black people who had lived at some point in time. As a, but but I, I will say this. I didn't really start doing Christmas presents until college. He said he used finger quotes on presents. Because, you know, just me and my roommate, hey, Merry sure. Christmas, dude, here you go. It, it is it is time spent with somebody all year round, and it's just yeah. a little something. Yeah, like, you know, here, your six-pack of beer, here's a bottle of vodka, you know. <laughs> You know, it's not registered. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. going the big red and going. I want this. I want that. Right now, when my son came along, I did Christmas for him. Now is he practicing or just he's, he's just your kid? He's just my kid, just okay. Baptist. So there you go. Like, here you go. Merry Christmas. Here's some money. Right. That's what's going to ask for anyway. So here's a check. <laughs> I don't know what you want. <laughs> go to the mall and get it yourself. Now I do. Big, I do. I will do Christmas presents for the lovely Miss Shabazz. Well, you really should. Yeah. <laughs> now that's your wife. Yeah. Now my wife, however, wants to do Christmas presents for the dog. Oh, she do she does uh, clothes on the dog? No, I will not do clothes on the dog. Th- I see will. this this is where sitcom husband starts to pop up a little bit. Yeah, no, I will n- uh, no. I, uh, now does she get presents for the dog and or she, she goes? I'm gonna put your name on this one. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because dog's gonna know this came from you. Exactly. Here's a dog's Christmas present, dear. Food. <laughs> <laughs> clothes on. Put, yeah. How about roof a roof over his head? How about cleaning up after him? <laughs> Yeah. Now, it did almost get into uh, a discussion, because remember when it got, the first night it got really, really bitter cold in Indianapolis? Sure. Yeah. Uh, there was a cat in our neighborhood. Uh-oh. And my wife felt really, really bad because the cat was outside. The Shabazz Humane Society. Yeah, that's what she was getting ready the to Shabazz turn. Shabazz Animal Shelter. Yeah, that's what she was turn my garage into. I was like, no. Did you start building an ark? <laughs> yep. For me. And my flat screen TV. <laughs> drown, mofo, Drown. <laughs> Yeah. Those, okay. Yeah. So, well, I know you. Well, I've known you for a long time, so I know. So, for instance, uh, the lovely Mrs. Sosi, long time ago, she's like, "I'm not getting you movies, and I'm not getting you music. I'm not going down the stairs to the basement to find out what you don't have. I don't have that time." So, ladies and gentlemen, this is also a hint with Abdul. Steak, scotch, <laughs> um, DVDs, video games. She will not do video games. She will no. Not... That's that's a good call. Yeah, don't do video games. Don't do comic books. Because... That's really yeah. Again, she doesn't have time to look to see what you don't right. have. Now, if you want to get me like a Sony uh, gift card to GameStop yeah. or a gift card to Downtown Comics, uh, sure. Now, ladies and gentlemen, bragging moment. I, Matthew Sosi, was the man that introduced Abdul. 
to half price books. Yes, you did. We were we were up on uh, 96 and Meridian at your old place, yep. and uh, we were doing some Friday morning nonsense. And what was common after I would do radio nonsense with Abdul was I would go to the half price books on the near west on Mich- side. Yeah, Michigan Road. And uh, I talked you into going. Because I said, you know, they they clean the stuff, and because you know, yes, Mr. Shabazz looking through his monocle, wondered <laughs> wondered about the quality of the used yeah. items, and then I saw him with a with a basket and about seventy dollars worth of stuff, and he had pulled out one item that he was going to get for his wife. <laughs> so when she when she got overwhelmed with, "Where'd you get all this? Here, honey, I got something for you." Half price books. So yeah, I I help create a monster. I take full responsibility. Yes, yes, you did. Because there. <laughs> Quite, there are quite a few things that, um, as I get a little bit older, most of the comic book stuff that I want, I have. But what I will He's do also is, got him, got him, got him, got him, need yeah. him, got him, got him. I'll, I'll start buying the trade paperbacks. So it was like you no know, collection of a series of like you no know, Superman two hundred four to like two hundred sixty. And by the way, uh, Abdul's comic book connection—he's still coming to you. So don't don't send me hate mail. Oh right? yeah, no, still... no. The guys at Downtown Comics, they, right? They're, they're yeah. I'm not. He's not. I'm not taking him away from your business. No, that's where half my money goes anyway. Right. Exactly. So. I mean, I always tell my wife, honey, I'm not cheating on you. Just look at the bank statement. Nikki Blaine's Downtown Comics Columbia Club. It's a big circle. Right. <laughs> easily traceable. Easy, easily traceable. But every once in a while you see me at the McDonald's across from WFYI. Oh, that's that's a bad idea. Yeah. But no, but our Christmas traditions are, well, for me, as you well know, being the movie consigliere that you are. What do you guys watch? We, Oh, I watch Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, that's right. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, because you'll text me. I'm, I, I was like, I'm getting texted, and, and if it's not from family, oh, it's Abdul. It's fine. But yeah, you do I that. I do Jesus Christ Superstar, and I do Monty Python's A Life of Brian. I need to start, I need to show Emma Life of Brian. And I've done Life of Brian every year since 1990. Has Mrs. Shabazz watched it all the way through yet? She hasn't watched it all, all the way. The way. <laughs> she, hasn't, she hasn't watched the end. Um, oh, I'm going to word this here. Mrs. Shabazz, lovely Mrs. Shabazz. We love you, Sharon. Um, church going lady. Church going church lady. Going Great lady. Baptist. So, so, yes. And and you have explained that it is making fun of the bad organized religion. Right. It is not, not remi- making fun of Jesus. I remind her that. The, the character actor who plays Jesus is only in the beginning for about five minutes. Right. So and he is, is really doing the historical Sermon on the Mound yep. that Jesus did. It is it is about the sham organized Speak up <laughs> Yes, it is it is about the, the hypocrisy of some organized religion, not all. It blesses all the Greek. Family's <laughs> going to inherit the earth. Did anyone catch his name? Do it a hundred times or I'll cut your mm off. Yeah. Says Romans go home. No, it, it doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> okay, well, and you guys have been married how long? Seven years, October, November, December, three months, and 11 days. Well, I, I would say, I would normally I would say this, but the Cubs don't care anymore. Maybe next year. <laughs> or maybe this year. Hey, if the Cubs can win the World Series and Donald Trump can become president, You're, I can stay married longer than seven years. And your wife would watch Life <laughs> yeah. of Brian. So, fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to show Emma uh, Life of Brian. She does love uh, Holy Grail and uh, Faulty Towers. You so. see, but I'll argue Life of Brian's even funnier than Holy Grail. Um, That's tough. That's tough. I would say it's got a clear story. Yes. Uh, as much as I love Holy Grail, it does go a little all over the place, especially when introducing, uh, you know, trying to t- tell the stories of all the knights. I get right. that. And then at the end, the cops show up and arrest everybody. Yeah, I, <laughs> that is kind of a great middle finger ending because you're expecting a big battle and they're like, huh. But that's no different than in, well, see, but they do the same thing in Life of Brian. They just have the spaceship fly into the middle. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Yeah. If it, I think if they had ended with that, there would. Yeah. 
there would be trouble. So He's not a messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Also a show that you can see on DVD performed live. Right. I believe that was at Royal Albert Hall. So. <laughs> All right. Or Abdul's living room. <laughs> The last 24-7-365 with the mirror. Yeah. So once again, IndiePolitics.org. What's uh, what's coming up for the next uh, next issue, next, or say next installment? Uh, next edition, uh, we just wrapped up the end-of-year stuff. Talking to We spent the last week talking to some of the incoming elected officials, Governor-elect Eric Holcomb, uh, Attorney General, uh, talk about the, some of the big issues that are going to be facing the state of Indiana. And uh, we wrote a story about the city council wanting to give itself a 119% pay raise. Ooh. There you huh. Yeah. Wish and that was something that brought Joe Hogsett and Council Republicans together to say, "No, no, not to kid." <laughs> I'm going to run around the. I'm going to run around the building three, <laughs> three times. times. <laughs> Got a witness. <laughs> All right, I had a couple people mentioned on the Facebook page. You were one of them not too long ago. <laughs> Got a witness. Ladies and gentlemen, your pledge dollars at work, and it really has nothing to do with this show. <laughs> it kind of does. Abdul, thank you for coming out, and I always say, "Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, December greetings." Positive vibes in your All direction. All I want is my tote bag and my cheese calendar. And a hippopotamus for yeah. Christmas. And, my, and like Mike Tyson, my two front teeth. Tifus. Tifus. All right, take care, Abdul. All right, ladies and gentlemen, some words to live by. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. There's plenty of them out there. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD2 The Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.